Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. So the east side got dealt with. That was what Moses established, who gets what on the east side, but now we're on the west side, and we're going to see how they allocate the different tribes out to their inheritance on the west side of the Jordan. Father, thank you for today. Lord, I ask you bring Holy Spirit understanding that exceeds my personal ability to speak. Thank you, Lord God. We're all going to understand your message in your book. We thank you for it, Father that we can take this with us today, what happened way back then, and teach us how to utilize it and apply it. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so Joshua 14 and 1, let's jump right in. The land divided west of the Jordan. These are the areas which the children of Israel inherited in the land of Canaan, which Eleazar the priest, Joshua the son of Nun, and the heads of the fathers of the tribes of the children of Israel distributed as an inheritance to them. Their inheritance was by lot, as the Lord had commanded by the hand of Moses, for the nine tribes and the half tribe. Because you remember, half the tribe settled east, now the other one half of them is settling on the west side. Verse 3, for Moses had given the inheritance of the two tribes and the half tribe on the other side of the Jordan. But to the Levites, he had given no inheritance among them. For the children of Joseph were two tribes. Manasseh and Ephraim, and they gave no part to the Levites in the land except cities to dwell in with their common lands for their livestock and their property, as the Lord had commanded Moses. So the children of Israel did, and they divided the land. Now, in the previous chapter, we went over this. We've heard this many times about the Levites already, that some tribes given inheritance allocated by Moses on the east side, but here in Joshua 14, the west is being settled by lots, it says in verse 2. That, and then the Levites get no inheritance. Now, this, this by lots, drawing by lots, um, it's similar to throwing dice. It's like you're throwing dice, and however it goes, that's where you get to go. I think probably the way the Israelites did it, the method they used was they probably marked stones and put them in a bag, shook the bag, and you reach in and pull it out. You draw by lots. And the reason they're doing it this way is because God commanded it be done this way. That's the way God said to do it. Well, Okay, but what's the point to that? You know, I I know God commanded it, but is there a particular reason probably why he said to do it? Well, I think that God told him to divide it by lots because it prevented anyone from trying to persuade the turnout. Like somebody wanted this section of land more than that section. Let's try to determine, let's try to put my bias on it. If you draw by lots, nobody can do that. And so uh, they, they understood that even by lots, it, it eliminated any man's bias from being able to put anything into this, but it was returned back to God's sole decision because they understood Proverbs 16 and 33. 
which says the lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. Those of you that like to gamble, <laughs> look at that verse. If God doesn't want you to win, he can make it come out that way. I'm just warning you, okay? <laughs> Do the right thing. But the lot was determined by God. So the Lord still had his control over what tribes get what. He's not going to bring them through 400 years and 40 more years across the desert and have them learn all these things to leave it up to just a lot. He's going to determine who gets what where. God is in complete control of everything. And that's good for us to realize, too. Those things that you consider are by chance or by coincidence or goodness. Some people even still use the word luck. I don't use that word. God's in control of everything. That does not eliminate your free will, but he's still in control of even the lot. Now, take a look at Joshua 14, verse 3. Like I said, we are reminded yet again, after so many times already, we've heard this over and over again, that the Levite priests get no inheritance because their work in the Lord is their inheritance. Same with us. Jesus is our inheritance. Don't expect some big grand inheritance down here. The prosperity gospel preaching guys are teaching you to look for a big inheritance here. And if you listen to them, you're going to divert your focus away from the Lord. Jesus said you can't serve both God and money. So don't expect an inheritance down here. He'll take care of you. But I think there's something God wants us to wants us to see in this, in the fact that he keeps saying this over and over again, the Levites get no inheritance. The Levites get no inheritance. He keeps telling us this. What we see is that God provides for those who devote themselves to kingdom service. You do see they got no inheritance, but they did get what? They did get cities to dwell in. Okay, my inheritance is Jesus, but I get a place to dwell. That's the same with us right now as priests on earth with Jesus as our high priest, you may not hit the lottery and you may not ever be rich, but God gives you enough, okay? He gives you enough to get by. He gives you what you need. And that's enough for me. My inheritance is up there, okay? It's going to be good. Now, y'all hang on real tight from here on out, okay? This was the intro to the chapter, but you hang on real good because it's about to get good. And if you miss anything, you're not going to get the full impact. And I really mean this. Y'all hang on. It's going to get good. Um, if you plan on giving good today, if God has put it on your heart to give good today, then it's on my heart to teach good today. You do the best I can, okay? So here it comes. Buckle up. Joshua 14 and 6, where Caleb inherits Hebron. Oh, I'm getting excited already. <laughs> I'm getting worked up. I tell people, if the Bible doesn't excite you, you ain't reading it. Okay, so let's read it. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God concerning you and me, in Kadesh Barnea. To my Hebrew friends, if I'm saying these words wrong, I'm not Hebrew, okay? I'm sorry. I'm doing the best I can. This Gentile is doing the best he can do. So what happened in Kadesh Barnea? What happened there for this to come up? Well, after God got Israel out of Egypt, they traveled right up to the promised land at a place called Kadesh Barnea. And at Kadesh Barnea, God, uh, Moses called up a leader from each tribe to go spy out the land. Before they go in, he says, I want a leader from each tribe to go check things out. 
And he called out one guy from each, one leader from each. As it says in Numbers 13 and 6, it says, from the tribe of Judah, look, there's Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. Numbers 13, 8 says, from the tribe of Ephraim, Joshua, the son of Nun. So Joshua and Caleb were in this. They both led their tribes, okay? Now, the story of the 12 spies and their report back to Moses is written in Numbers 13, 27. It's important for us to know this because Caleb's bringing it up. So we need to see what happened to understand what, where Caleb's coming from. Numbers 13 and 27 says, Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there, the Amalekites. Dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. You can just, oh, there's so many people. Oh, then Caleb quieted the people. You can see why he needed to quiet them. I tried to put my theatrics in there so you can get the point. They're, they're stressing. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are able to overcome it. One guy said this. One. Verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report. You ever hear those on the news? Or anywhere? A bad report. A bad report of the land which they had spied out. You know, God told them, you're going to take that land. Well, here comes a bad report. Oh, we can't do it. If anything today, hear me. I'm here to give you a good report, guys. There's a lot of bad reports out there. Stop listening to that. One guy is trying to tell you a good report. Let's keep going. Israel chose to listen to the negative, not the faithful. Oh, we can't do it. We can't take the land. We should have stayed in Egypt or just died in the desert. They had traveled all this way, 40 years now. They got out of Egypt. They traveled all this way. And even under God's mighty protection and guidance, only to get shot down by the majority doubt. Oh, my goodness. All this, bam, they're down. But Caleb dared to stand up and speak alone. Caleb dared to turn them to trust in God again. Numbers 14 and 5. Look, even Moses, y'all, check this out. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. That's an act of distress. They tore their clothes. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. He's going to give it to us. Now, if you notice, everybody fell into distress, even Moses and Aaron. Oh, they hit the ground. Oh, what are we going to do? But Joshua and Caleb knew God would give them the land. But Israel did not trust God at this point, did they? They were having a hard time with their trust. Ever been there? I'm putting my hand up first. Yes. 
I've had trouble with that before. And so for every day that they spied out the land, which was how many days? It was 40 days. God caused Israel to be lost in the desert for 40 years. One for every day they were lost a year. If you don't think this will teach you to trust in God, I don't know what will. You know, your sin has consequences to it. It doesn't mean God hates you now. It doesn't mean you're going to hell now. But your sin does bring consequences to it to teach you, doesn't it? They were lost for 40 years now. Why? Because God now had to purge the whole nation of Israel. He had to purge the whole nation of everyone that doubted him. They all had to be out of the, out of the nation. Now Moses wrote about this in Deuteronomy 1 and 34. And the Lord heard the sound of your words and was angry and took an oath, saying, Surely not one of these men of this evil generation shall shall see that good land of which I swore to give your fathers, except Caleb. Look at that. Except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. He shall see it, and to him and his children I am giving the land on which he walked. Remember that right there. Remember that right there. Underline, highlight, whatever. Very important. I want you to take notice, God is making a promise right here to Caleb. Verse 36 again, Except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he shall see it, and to him and his children I am giving the land on which he walked, because he wholly followed the Lord. And Moses still says, The Lord was also angry with me for your sakes, saying, Even you shall not go in there. Joshua, the son of Nun, who stands before you, He shall go in there, encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit it. So that's what they're doing right now, is now they're inheriting it. Joshua is doing that work of the inheritance now. And so Caleb is reminding them of this story about how God promised to give him the land on which he walked, as it said. You remember? And so you got to realize this means that Caleb gets the very section of land that Israel was too scared to go into. (laughs) The very section of land that Israel would not go into, Caleb gets. Now, it was Lot's, remember, they had to reach in bags, whatever. It was Lot's that decided where each tribe was to settle, not how much area. The area depended on the population of each tribe, but where is according by Lot. So all the Israelites have to settle where they get by lots. But Caleb has a specific promise from God. He's not getting his portion by a lot, is he? We're going to divide it all by lots. Not Caleb. He gets his pick because God promised it. Now, after all these years, Caleb is finally being rewarded. 40 years, 40 some odd years, he's finally getting rewarded for his faithfulness. But all the doubters? They had to pay for the consequences of their sin. What I'm going to say by this is, I know life seems real long, and I know you've been faithful, and I know you've been pushing, and I know you've been trying, and I know you've been praying, and I know you've been doing all these things, and oh Lord, when? It'll happen. It'll happen. Look at Caleb. It'll happen. Wine tastes better the longer it ferments, I think, right? It'll be sweeter when it gets there. Give God time. But Caleb is finally being rewarded, but the, the, the doubters, they paid for it. Deuteronomy 2 and 14. And the time we took to come from Kadesh Barnea until we crossed over the valley of Zerid was 38 years until all the generation of the men of war was consumed from the midst of the camp, just as the Lord had sworn to them. 
There they go. All the doubters are out of there. Everybody that was above age 20 is gone, except Caleb and Joshua. <laughs> what, a, what a deal. You're, t- you're, the, you're the two old guys now. So about 40 years, all of them are over 20. Nobody in Israel is over the age of 60 or 65-ish, somewhere in there, except Caleb and Joshua. But I want you to know that Israel is still under covenant with God. God still loves them. He still loves them. You remember that guy, the ark was toppling on that wagon, and he reached up to go grab it. God said, don't touch this ark, because God's presence was on there. He was not going to come in contact with sinful man. It toppled, and the guy went to study it, and God took him right there. That doesn't mean God sent him to hell. It just means you can't touch me like in the, form, in the sinful form you are. He had to put him out, okay? The man may have gone on into eternal life. We don't know. So just because God had to wait for these people to go does not mean he hated them. Notice that they all did not die immediately. God gave them 40 years to live. (laughs) They still got another four decades. That's a lot of time to think about what you did wrong, isn't it? You think there's enough time in 40 years to realize I messed up and I need to get right with God? I think that was the point. God wanted them to have time to come to repentance. God is merciful. He doesn't want anyone to perish, but for all to come to repentance. And so now here we are, four decades later, with, Gale, uh, with Caleb telling the story before Joshua with which tribe? Which tribe came up with him to talk to Joshua? It's the tribe, as it says in Joshua fourteen six, the children of Judah. You see that? The children of Judah. Now remember, let's go back again and remember, recall. Moses chose Caleb 45 years ago from the tribe that he led, the tribe of Judah. Okay, here it comes. Here it comes. Here's the big boom moment. Watch this. Look at Joshua 14.6. I want you to see something. It says, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite. Do you see that? The Kenizzite. Caleb is a Kenizzite, which means what? It means Caleb is not an Israelite. He's a Kenizzite. He's not an Israelite. What is a non-Israelite guy doing getting a piece of the land? Oh, I saw this and I went, wait a minute. Not only that, here's a man who is, the, who is in the tribe of Judah as a leader And he's a Gentile. Caleb is not an Israelite. He's not Jewish. He's a Gentile like me. So we got to think for a minute, what is a genocide? I want to show you the Abrahamic covenant back when God promised to give this land to the Jews. It's in Genesis 15, 18. It says, on the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram saying, to your descendants, I have given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the Kenites, the what? What does it say? The Kenizzites. Oh, look, there's Caleb's people right there. He's in the list of people that's supposed to be condemned. You do see this, don't you? I'm not making this up. Okay, stick with me. <laughs> the Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Cadmonites, the Hittites, the Parasites, the Rephaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, remember that curse was on them, the Gergesites and the Jebusites. So the Kenizzites are in the list of people to be conquered 
Now, we've been through all the conquest chapters of Israel where they were utterly destroying these people. All these people in this list were getting wiped out and killed. God told them to. It was His judgment on them for the curse on them. They were willful sinners. They didn't want God. They wouldn't repent. Okay, judgment's here. It's done. Gave you a lot of time. These are Caleb's own people in this list that God is giving over to Israel. Caleb's own people. So you got to figure, Caleb himself was originally scheduled for judgment, wasn't he? Caleb was originally scheduled for judgment. When Israel came out of Egypt, there were some Gentiles that came out with them. In fact, God gave provision in Exodus 12, 48, that Gentiles can partake of the Passover. The first times I ever went to Passover with the Jews, I felt like I was intruding. I felt like I was in their little party and I really didn't belong. Until I read where God gave provision that a Gentile like me, yeah, you can take Passover. I was like, all right, I got God's permission. Let's party. And then I had a much better time because I felt a little more at ease. God gave provision for this because he knew Gentiles would be among them. And apparently Caleb was one of them. He saw the original Passover. He saw that judgment go through the land and he went out with them. He with them the whole time. He was with them. And so up here now in Joshua 14, It's time to divide the inheritance by lot, except for one guy, Caleb. He's not getting his by lot. He's getting his by promise. It's getting good, isn't it? It's it's warming up in here. He's getting his by promise. He's claiming his inheritance in Hebron. Show that tribal map. So what's cool, that in the next chapter, we'll see that the lot happens to fall on Judah. Yeah, it's right. The, the lot happens to fall on Judah in the upcoming chapter to inherit the exact same area of land that Hebron is in. You can see in the map, Hebron is in the south, in the middle of Judah's territory. And so the tribe of Judah, they get to live in the same, la- uh, they get to live in the same land as their tribal leader, Caleb. They end up in the same place. Who controls the lot? God does. He controls everything, including and especially your life. Don't worry, okay? But now Caleb is telling the story about how God promised Caleb the land where he walked. Because if he didn't, some Israelites might try to say, hey, you're not even an Israelite. You've been a good leader, but who are you to step up and claim anything? We're Israelites, not you. You got We're doing it by lot. Who are you to say, I get this? Caleb Because he's not an Israelite, he has to make his claim without the lot. And he's allowed to do this because Caleb has the promise of God. He has the promise of God. And the Israelites need to recognize his God-given right to claim Hebron. That's why he's telling the story. He's not telling the story for Joshua to remember. Joshua was there. He's telling the story, I think, so the Israelites will become aware. Oh, yeah, he's entitled to Hebron. So Caleb says, back now in Joshua 14, verse 7, back in his story, he says, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God.
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.